0: You're listening to the She Renovates podcast. You're listening to She Renovates, the podcast for women who want to renovate to create an income and a life they love. Bernadette, back with another episode of She Renovates. And today's episode is solo. And before I get into it, I just want to Share with you what's been happening this week, and basically, I've been getting ready for to get started on our project. We're in the settlement period at the moment, and once I do get started, I'm going to start doing some daily updates in using Instagram stories. Instagram has really been the wasteland of my business, and I've decided I need to learn this new skill. So, in this next project. I'm going to do a daily update in stories. So look out for that. Um, But no, I'm, I'm really excited about the project mainly because my happy place is putting it together, figuring out what we're gonna do, sorting out the mood boards, just basically fine tuning the plan. And so I have definitely been in my happy place in the last week. This is almost entirely a purely cosmetic renovation, which is not something I have, I shouldn't say I've never done it, but I actually can't remember when I last did a purely purely cosmetic reno. So I feel like it's, um, it's a pretty easy task. However, the times aren't easy, so I need to really make sure that we manage our risk well. And the best way to manage the risk is to get going on it quickly, to get it done quickly and to manage the costs. Second thing, I visited my grandchildren for the first time in a couple of months yesterday because they've been away on holidays. And my darling youngest, Jackson, is actually walking. So he's not walking, he's running so you know walking at 10 months means we don't get much of a babyhood but um he is super cute and that was really lovely their chickens have grown up to a point where they can now be in the chicken coop but i had to have a little smile because they'd been on holidays to the beach and because they were Um, nurturing the chickens which are now 10 weeks old so they're more like mini chooks they actually took them with them so I thought that's hilarious that little traveling menagerie but anyhow the third thing has been kicking off the launch of She Renovates live I'm very excited about that and I'm very excited to be meeting you in the flesh can't wait but anyhow have to wait because it's quite a few months away which from a covert point of view is quite a good thing okay today today's episode is what to do when you have created your profit making reno machine so what do i mean by that so when you first start renovating it's a challenge okay when you first start renovating for profit um you may have done a renovation on your own home, but this is a whole new ball game. And so, you know, getting the right, you're focused on learning new skills, getting the right project, getting the right advice, building your team of consultants, making sure that you buy in the right entity, getting things set up properly, um, buying the right property, managing your risk, executing the renovation, um, putting your team together. There's so many things that you have to focus on and once you get a few renos done using that process you do get to a point where you feel confident that you have created a machine for want of a better word for producing profit um, at call pretty well and then you start looking for what's next And That may seem hard for you to believe, but I promise you it happens. I see it in my students and I certainly experienced it in myself. And so that's what I want to talk about today. Now, the reason I'm discussing this is because you need to have a path laid out for yourself. Not like it's set in stone, but because the thing that makes us happy is not what we have, it's... The progress that we make and I want to refer directly to some words from Tony Robbins because I, I think this is incredibly important and often when you're struggling to get off the ground you feel like that's all there is to life once you get there your life will be perfect and as many uh, millionaires and billionaires will um, confirm It's not enough to satisfy you. And so what I want you to do is to build a path to travel to ensure that you're continuing to make progress so that you can measure your results against it. Now, um, so these are words directly from Tony Robbins. If you want to have have ongoing joy and fulfillment in your life, the secret is just one word, progress. Progress equals happiness. While achievements and material things may excite you for the moment, the only thing that's going to make you happy long term is knowing that you're making progress. To do this, you have to remember, while change is automatic, progress is not. Progress results from actively and consciously choosing to create a life you love. A life where you can't wait to jump out of bed in the morning because you are growing and contributing, impacting, and serving. So that is the intention of this episode today, to ensure your ongoing uh, progress and therefore happiness, fulfillment, and satisfaction. Okay, first point, have a renovating bucket list. This is something I did quite a while ago, and I have worked my way through it, and I've got probably three things left. So the three things are uh, renovate a hotel and combine that with Airbnb. The second thing is to renovate a whole block of flats or units. And the third one is to renovate a website. So those things uh, may not interest you, but what what you want to do is put together a list of things that do interest you because it gives you something to progress through. And it also makes sure that you develop your skills. Once you start renovating repeatedly, um, you, you you get very good at it, but your skills are quite specific. Whereas if you add other strategies to it, you expand your skills, but you also expand your profit-making potential because then you can start stacking your strategies. So I definitely think a renovating bucket list is a brilliant idea. And the other thing is by having those things written down ensures that at some point in your life, they turn up. Because while I have my bucket list written down, I don't specifically go out looking for those types of projects. It's just in the back of my mind and they do, well, maybe sometimes I do, but generally speaking. And then they, when the time is right, they turn up. So the second point, which should have been the first, but I decided to start with something that was a little more out of the box is to build long-term wealth, renovate to build long-term wealth. So renovating to sell is great for producing income to replace your income in the short term. But as I've said many times, that it's the highest risk and it's also basically a burden in some ways because when you don't work, you don't get paid. So you need to be holding some of those projects in order to be able to get to a point in your life where you no longer need to work to make an income, that that income comes to you passively. I use that word cautiously because I don't believe any investment is purely passive. You have to nurture your garden and that relates to your investment properties as well. But building long-term wealth is an essential piece of the puzzle. And um, I'm going to do a whole episode on this at some stage because a lot of people think that having a lot of properties is what you need. I personally disagree with that because I see a lot of people who have poor quality properties in their portfolio, and a lot of them, and... um, I feel like focusing on how many properties you've got is the wrong thing to do. So I personally think you should figure out how much money you need, work out how many properties you need to fulfill that requirement and then go after those properties, making sure that they are high-performing properties. So the thing about building long-term wealth is you will probably... Stray into other strategies as well. I personally think small development is a really good way to do that because you are then producing new properties. So from a maintenance point of view, they are much um, easier to maintain and cheaper to maintain, but you're still using your renovating to get more equity into the deal. So point three, your next step could be renovating for others, setting up a renovation business. Now I've seen this happen with some of our students with mixed results. Some students have told me that after renovating for themselves, they really don't like renovating for other people. One, um, so one student was renovating for investors and she found that the decisions that those investors made were poorly informed. And so she didn't like doing renovations that were not going to um, get a good outcome for an investment property. However, that's what the owner wanted. And so she found that very demotivating. So really thinking through the implications of the next step is important remembering that once you do take on renovating for others then you are having to please a client which adds another element of complexity to but for some people that's what they want to do and they enjoy doing it i know we've often had buyers agents we had in melbourne we have a buyers agent who came and did our training and she really up the ante in her buyer's agency business, where she is now renovating for her clients, and as well as for herself, and producing awesome outcomes. It's added a feather to her bow. Now, I certainly did an episode that was with Susie Guest, and I'll include the link to that episode in the show notes. We've had interior designers who have built their business in renovating i actually did an episode with one last week who is demetra alderman um, and that episode will come live shortly it's not it's not up yet setting up a renovation business is also a possibility however you do need to learn new skills which is fine but you just need to be mindful of that and also in terms of managing the liability So there are certainly implications um, that you need to make sure you're covered for when you are offering uh, project management as a service. So you need to cover the legalities of that. So the next one is to, I guess, build a related business in renovating. So that could be, like I've had a few students go off and become buyer's agents interior designers, they're probably the two main ones. And for me, I have built my business around renovating. I can tell you, it's not been that easy. And my darling husband often says to me, why are you doing this? Because it's very challenging. And to be able to function and be profitable, it's required me to really build skills that I was seriously hopeless at I'm sure that's not doesn't come as any surprise to you but I had this driving force that I wanted well there's a few things but I really wanted to give a voice and inspiration and hope to women who are in their later decades of their life to tell them that it's not all over like I do see um, a lot of women in their fifties and sixties feeling like that's it, and it's really not. And so I felt it was really important to um, really convey that message. That's been my driving force. I love well, the other driving forces. I love working with people. But I guess the point here is that it needs whatever you choose to do got to really align with your values and and your strengths. So just really going down a path that's going to give you joy. I can honestly tell you that my the School of Renovating pales into insignificance in terms of income compared to what I can achieve from a project. I am not financially driven by this but I am driven by something that goes deep within that really motivates me to pursue this path to the bewilderment of some of my family. Okay, point five is do projects to help your family. Now this strategy I absolutely love. And while well, we've done two projects with two of our children, we're waiting for the other two to be ready to do a project. And that will happen and the great thing about doing that is that you just get a lot of I guess satisfaction out of doing something that gives to others but also it's a great way of building the relationship so doing a project together it requires that you work together quite closely And you're, you know, for us with our children, they're learning skills from us and we're learning things from them too. So it's a, you know, things in terms of style and what people like and yeah, lots of things. So that is a very satisfying strategy. And even now, I invest money, my mother's money, in projects, uh, in my projects because if she was, has the money in the bank, it gets, you know, bit over 1% interest. So much better, certainly gets a lot better return um, if we invest it in the project. So you can do lots of things to help your family. Like I had one um, student who did a renovation for her sister who was very, uh, a sister-in-law, sorry, who was very ill in hospital. And she not only decluttered and cleaned up the house, but renovated it and sold it for us. That's what she was wanting. And as a result of her work, added an extra 100000 to the price of that property, which was absolutely brilliant. The outcome of that, while sad, incredibly sad, is um, that family member actually eventually passed away from the illness and not that far ahead but then the, that renovator's children became the beneficiaries of that work that she did. Not, not that you'd ever go into a project with that in mind, but you know, we do have lots of renovators who renovate their parents' home when they're downsizing um, in order to give them more money to be able to downsize. So there are lots of ways that you can help your family with renovation projects. And then the last one on my list is renovating uh, to support your favorite charity. Now, this is something that I never imagined that I would do, but we did actually do this for our charity. We support Hands Across the Water. Um, That is, I talked quite a bit about that charity in an earlier episode in which I will include in the show notes. And basically, they provide care for at-risk children in terms of accommodation, education, and love. And so, a few years ago, we actually bought a an apartment, a studio apartment in um, Surrey Hills, converted it into a one-bedder, engaged our Renault community and our suppliers in supporting that, and many of them donated To the project and as a result we were able to produce 120,000 in profit which actually went to the charity to help them to you know do the work that they do we support that charity because uh, they manage they have social enterprises set up to pay their admin costs so every cent that goes to the charity actually ends up looking after the children and as far as I understand, that donation was really a, the single biggest donation that, that any sort of individuals had given to the charity, and we were able to do that through renovating. So the sky is the limit. So I'm just gonna recap on those um, points. So number one is build a renovation bucket list. Number two is build, do projects for long-term wealth. Number three is renovating for others. Number four is building a related business. Number five is projects to help your family. Number six is projects to help your charity. And so that's today's episode. I would really love to hear what you're thinking about doing once you have your renovation process down pat and you're looking for the next thing. So if you haven't already left us a review, we would really love it if you did. We read every single one of them and it just inspires us to go on with episodes so thank you to those who've already done it and thank you in advance to you if you haven't and so that's it for today and as always you can get the show notes uh, from our website and I'll see you next week. This is the She Renovates podcast.